Back to the Lab with your host, Brad Bolt. Welcome back to the Lab. Back to the Lab. Welcome back to the Lab. Back to the Lab. Welcome back, Carolina Panthers fans. I'm your host, Brad Bolt, back with another edition of the NFL Lab Carolina Panther edition. Apologies for missing the show last week, just life and other things and recording opportunities uh, weren't there. So we will have a quick review of some of the news that's happened since our last episode. Nothing major except for the Panthers' best player being traded to San Francisco and Christian McCaffrey, and also Robbie Anderson having a sideline argument with the wide receivers coach and then being traded the next day to the Arizona Cardinals. Now, the Christian McCaffrey trade has netted the Carolina Panthers a second, third, and fourth round draft pick in the 2023 draft, and then a fifth round draft pick in the 2024 draft from the 49ers. So, This was major news to see um, McCaffrey gone. The Panthers were talking, or the reports coming out, that the Panthers were seeking first-round draft pick capital for McCaffrey. This obviously isn't a first-round draft pick, but uh, GM Scott Fitterer has come out and said that when using their trade value charts, this is the equivalent of a first-round draft pick that the Par- the uh, the Panthers have gotten here. So that's handy for a team that was missing some picks in this draft with previous trades for uh, players and uh, manoeuvring around like last year to trade up to get Matt Correa, things like that. So it's handy to restock the uh i guess the the treasure chest you could call it the uh the draft capital restocking that adding some second round picks or adding a second round pick third fourth which will come in handy this gives then obviously depending on what we see play out in the college season and towards draft season this gives then an opportunity to maneuver around the board whether that's you some bundle a couple of those picks together to move up you can move back to then move up. All those sorts of possibilities are on the table now with that trade. Now, obviously, Carolina is going to be missing McCaffrey. He was our offense in a lot of games, but it's giving more opportunities for uh, Deontay Foreman, who had a great game last week, Chuba Hubbard, who um, we'll discuss a little bit later as well. But the the other key part, too, is... Trading away uh, Robbie Anderson as well to Arizona has resulted in some late, uh, late round, late round draft pick, but it's then giving opportunity for uh, Shy Smith to step up. It's giving an opportunity for Terrace Marshall, who played his most snaps and uh, most routes run in the previous in last week's game. It's giving them opportunity. It's giving a chance then for Rashad Higgins to step up, uh, get get a bit more involved in in the games that are being played, and then when he returns from injury, Lavisca Chenault, you know whether he gets used too much in the receiving game is another um, question. But you might be able to see him have a bit more of an impact just 
just on some to spell some guys for a bit of speed just to just to throw around some of the throw around some of the the looks that might come out of it now so uh that's that was the the big news of uh the previous the last few weeks uh moving on to the game from last week a win by the Panthers against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 21-3. It was quite a resounding victory too. Tampa Bay did not look good for that week. Uh, the Panthers moved then to obviously 2-5, and five, but the, the the main thing from this game was PJ Walker had a, had a terrific game. Uh, it, it mightn't seem like it um, if you look at the stats, but 16 of 22 for 177 yards and two touchdowns, which were both beautiful throws. The the first touchdown to DJ Moore, the to, to fit it in where he had to, and for DJ to be able to get his feet down in the end zone was just was pretty incredible that he was able to able to do that. And then the beautiful play to find Tommy Tremble wide open for his one and only catch for 29 yards and the touchdown. PJ played a great game. He managed managed everything really well. He wasn't asked to do a lot, but he was. He did enough that it put the the players in in the right positions. Uh, he got them the ball when they needed to. He was able to play really well without throwing up those astounding numbers that you're expecting. But he controlled everything for uh, the Panthers. And was just he, he just looked calm. He looked better in this week than he did the the first week against the 49ers. But that's also, I mean, you're playing one of the best defenses in the NFL in the 49ers. So he he did his part to get the Panthers to win. Also, the other guys who did their part, uh, Deontay Foreman, 15 carries for 118 yards. He looked really good. And Tuba Hubbard, nine carries, 63 yards, and one touchdown. So they were the main offensive uh, skill set players that we saw um, do well on the weekend. And then on the defense, we had Brian Burns had one sack as well. So it was a great team victory overall by the Panthers. It was a, um, a it was a cl- clinicals, maybe not the word, but the, the, the turnovers weren't there. The turnover worthy plays weren't there. It was one of those things that, you, no one was really giving the Panthers a hope. I think every pick of the major media members all were going Panthers uh, to lose big in that game. And the way that they were able to come out, Brian Burns with set the tone early with his sack, which is with his constant pressure. One of the main reasons why, if you are the Carolina Panthers, you don't want to trade away a guy like Brian Burns for his ability to just cause pressure on everyone and just what he's been able to do this year. So Brian Burns hasn't actually cracked 10 sacks in his career so far, but he's already, through seven weeks, he's already racked up five sacks. So you would be hoping that he gets to that that 10-sack goal Um this year, but he, that there's still all this talk that you know Carolina turned, which is very possible. I believe that it's true that you know they've they've turned down some picks. Whether it was two first round picks for Brian Burns is another thing. But we we have a good defense. You don't want to to ruin that by trading away the cornerstone of that 
that line, that of our defensive line. It, it would just, to me, it would remind me of back when John Gruden had taken over as the coach for the Raiders the second time, and the Raiders traded Khalil Mack to the Chicago Bears, and then after a few weeks, John Gruden made the the quote, you know, it should be nice to have a guy like Khalil Mack on our team. Well, you, you had him on your team and you traded him away, and that's pretty much what it would feel like if the Panthers traded away Brian Burns. It would be a, oh man, how, how good was Brian Burns? It would be nice to have him on our team, and that's not what you want. The edge rushers that are playing as well as what he is don't come around very often that are producing this way consistently, so... And, I mean, you, we look back to his, his draft class and there is only two players from that draft class, edge rushers, who have more sacks than Brian Burns through um, this many games of their career. And that's, of course, uh, Nick Bosa. And the astounding thing about that is the fact that Nick Bosa missed pretty much a whole season and still has more than anyone. And then second is Max Crosby. Uh, yeah, Max Crosby. So... To to be up there with some of those other um, those other guys who are there, you I mean you've got Quinn and Williams, you've got Rashawn Gary, you've got you know Ed Oliver, you've got these big names who were drafted and big things were expected from them. But for Burns to be playing the way he is and just causing pressure, and this is the best that he has looked in his career, I believe. Because at least you know last year he had nine sacks. On the opposite side, he had Hassan Reddick, who was playing really well and, and getting a lot of sacks and not to say that he's got no one on the other side but no one is quite producing at the same level that Brian Burns is or that a guy like Hassan Reddick was last year for the Panthers so the fact he's doing so well is a reason why if you're a Panthers fan you don't want to see him gone and you're hoping that this offseason they'll be able to sign him to a big extension and keep him in Carolina for the long term. So that was the win against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And now moving on to this weekend's game against the Atlanta Falcons. Now, the crazy thing about this is that the winner of this match is outright first in the NFC South, which is crazy to say, considering that the Panthers, if they do happen to win, would be three and five. Same with Atlanta, but of course the Panthers would have the tiebreakers for not losing a division game this season so it's it's crazy to think that considering how the season starts and just speaking with a couple of other panther fans um that are that are going at the moment if um if anyone's listening and you happen to be on twitter um go see my guy uh drew wrigley so he's at drew wrigley he's a he's a great um great Panthers fan, a great guy um, that I've, I've spoken to. And, you know, we're sort of talking with him. We're saying, you know, strangely enough, this is the most optimistic and excited we've been about uh, the season so far and where this team's heading and whether they um, they reach those expectations is another thing. I mean, this could just be one of those weird schedule things and who knows, you know, the Panthers could go back to ending up with, where we were looking at a couple of weeks ago, where we were holding the um, at that stage the number one pick in the draft, things could go that way again. It's it's possible, but the 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 level of optimism now 
moving forward for this team is is at, is at a higher that it hasn't been for the last couple of years. And I think it's the way that Steve Wilkes has got this team, galvanised them, he's pulled them together. The message that is coming out from the team, the beat reporters, if those sorts of people, it's it's one of those things where fans are excited. Granted, a lot of us aren't really saying that, oh, this team is incredible, things like that. We st- a lot still feel like they're, okay, yes, we are still a a quarterback away and a few tweaks here and there but you know it's it's something to something to build on is what it feels like at the moment for this this squad so like i said it's not not a uh not exactly what you're expecting at uh this time of time of year but there there is a lot to look forward to and depending on what happens with um coaches and everything moving forward one thing that's for sure is i'd love to see who whoever it is coach whether if it's not steve wilkes i'd love to see whoever it is that comes in next year keep him on board because what he's been able to get this team to do in this couple of weeks and just their their whole demeanor looks different since he's taken over too it just it's it's hard to put into words but just watching them and just their their demeanor their swagger their uh just, just the way they're carrying themselves looks completely different than it has in even, you know, three weeks ago. So, yeah, week eight versus the Falcons. Um, a few, one out that's been confirmed is Tuba Hubbard is out. So we'll see Deontay Foreman as the starting running back and then backed up by Raheem Blackshear and Spencer Brown off the practice squad. Uh, I'm not sure in terms of how much we'll see those other two guys, whether they're just a spell here and there, but Raheem Blackshear is a guy that I'd like to just get a look of. He's obviously, he was brought in by the Panthers as a uh, special teams guy once LaVisca went down, just punt returns and kickoffs and things like that. be interesting to see him get a bit of a run to see running back-wise, see what he's what he's about, what he's made of whether he can be utilised a bit in the passing game just as a throw him the ball and let him use his kick return skills to see how he can do. So it'll be great to see how um, Raheem plays this week and just to see what what he looks like. So there's that. JC Horn, it looks like he's trending towards playing. Uh, he's been practising more as the week's progressed and... According to the Panthers' website, uh, yeah, it does look like he's trending towards playing. And same with Dante Jackson. Looks like they'll both be out there this weekend. Uh, Matt Ioannidis was a full participant in practice on Friday. He looks like he's uh, cleared his concussion protocol, so he should be back. Frankie Louvu is questionable again with his shoulder. Not sure whether he'll play, but it's a... He's he's been a he has been a key part of this this defense this year, so it'll be great to have him back out on the field this weekend. But you know, with with the obviously how he's played, and you know he's playing himself towards a you know bigger contract, bigger role, those sorts of things. It'll be a interesting to see whether he plays or if the Panthers are just going to go this long term and maybe give him another week or two week before he comes back and plays for Atlanta they do have a couple of outs but the biggest one that I'm going to mention is AJ Terrell our cornerback for the Falcons now AJ Terrell if you haven't seen him play um 
he, he's not getting much recognition, but he is one of the top cornerbacks in the league. It's just what he's been able to do early in his career. He uh, has made a, a big impact on that defense. So to have him out is big as he was their best corner on their team. So he would have taken DJ uh, for the most of this uh, week. Maybe shadow him a fair bit because AJ Terrell's good like that. But with him out this week, uh, that's going to be beneficial for the Panthers. And hopefully we can see them get a another win and put them top of the NFC South again. So the, the keys to playing the Falcons are they're, they're a team that will be establishing uh, establishing the rush. They just they run quite a lot, so you'll see a heavy dose of Mariota using his legs. You'll see uh, Tyler Algier, Caleb Huntley will get a bit of a run if he's out there playing. They're the they're they're a running team. So, uh, but not only that, then you look they have a couple um, studs in their receiving room. So they've got uh, Kyle Pitts, the tight end who, you know, he, he has been a bit down this season in terms of what he was able to achieve for his uh, rookie year by eclipsing that 1,000 yards. But he is a guy that you've got to watch at all times. Um, I think we've we've got the defense to be able to cover him just with the speed, the length. You, you know, probably see Shaq play on him a bit. Uh, but he is more of a wide receiver than he is a tight end, but he hasn't been utilized as much as he was in the previous season, and I think that does have a lot to do with the type of way that they're running their offense with Mariota and the run game more so. So him, and you've also got rookie wide receiver Drake London, who, once again, probably not getting as many stats as what... um, uh, people were sort of expecting, but like I said, that becomes a product of the way that this offense is run. So it will be a challenge for the corners this week, um, whether it be JC, Dante, whether they do a bit of a rotation on them. Uh, but it'll be it'll be a good test for the defense with these sort of weapons that they have playing on the opposite side of the ball. So looking at that's the preview for the game this week. So that'll that'll do it for today's episode. Um, it's a positive new era of football for Carolina. Look, we're not gonna we're not banging the drum and going, "Wow, this is an incredible, incredible team." How they've been so unlucky, but you know, like I said, you do look at. So yeah, we're through two and five. Two and five, and you look at the first game of the season, lose by a field goal uh, right near the end of the game. You know if that that doesn't go in, you know there's a win there. Then lose by a round of about another field goal again the next week against the Giants. So if you, if those two flip, then suddenly the, the the Panthers are then four and three, and this looks like a lot different team this week coming up against the Falcons than what it does looking at two and five. But as I said, there's still a chance now with a win against Atlanta, the Panthers would be the, the favorite, uh, the leaders of the NFC South. So important game this week. And 
it would just be nice to see the Panthers team that we saw last week against the Buccaneers as opposed to the one against the 49ers. Just keep keep doing what uh, Steve Wilkes and Ben McAdoo had lined up for. PJ Foreman gets DJ Moore, you know, a few passes to Terrace Marshall or Tommy Tremble, things like that. That's what we want to see. What we also would like to see is that defense really locking in on that run game. So, you know, it could be one of those things too. Might see JC Horn shadow Kyle Pitts for a fair amount of the game, and you might see just Shaq and the other linebackers just keeping that, keeping their eyes on Mariota, who will use his legs a fair bit in this game. So, plenty to look forward to this week, and. We shall be back again next week and hopefully celebrating another Panthers victory. So until next time, keep pounding. Welcome back to the lab. Back to the lab. Welcome back to the lab.